0: So we're going from chapter 43 um, to chapter 78.
1: (laughs) In that little description of what the action was, you could have switched out the nouns and essentially explained the plot up to any given point in the book. Jesus, kept a diary as well. Dear diary, woke up today, still divine, living the dream, hashtag boss, hashtag Christ, hashtag... King of Kings
0: Hello and welcome To part 3 of Shark Liver Oil's read through of The Da Vinci Code by Dan Brown I'm Matt, I'm Dave, hello Dave, let's hold each other's Hands and let's get through <laughs> What is going to be an enormous Section of book
1: um, let's, can, can, can we be clear here Just in case we stand accused of dissing dissing the book that we're going to do like 42 seconds into the recording (laughs) it's it's just the imposing size of this part of the book right Matt there's nothing else that we would find infuriating in any sense or in in, in any way laughable about what we're about to read of course it is,
0: so we're going from chapter (laughs) 43 um, to chapter 78
1: (laughs) 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 <laughs> it is like he's trying to intimidate you with the chapters. Like, if you if you just picked this up and didn't really see the size of it and sort of looked at the chapter things, you'd think it was about the size of, like, the decline and fall of the Roman Empire. But, yeah. but no, happily, each chapter could easily be scratched on a rizzler paper with a blunt needle and have space <laughs> to spare. Don't be afraid, Matt. It's going to be all right. It's going to be all right.
0: Okay, okay, maybe. Well, I'll, um, I'll say, yeah, come on, chapter 43 to chapter 78, so... Kick off your shoes, loosen your tie, and uh, get ready for a long one. Um, but let's, let, so it's probably best just to dive straight in then. So chapter 43, and um, we're with Vernet, who's the um, the guy running the Swiss bank. If you remember when we last left, everybody, uh, Robert Langdon and Sophie were both. They uh, just got hold of this box, they don't know what's in it, and now the police are on the way to, well, they've just surrounded
1: the Swiss bank. Because the Swiss have dobbed them in, as they do, <laughs> apparently. <laughs> do, do you get the sense, by the way, that in that little description of what the action was, that you could have switched out the nouns and essentially explained the plot up to any given point in the book? <laughs> Robert and Sophie have just got the noun. They don't know what it is. And they've just been shocked by apparently benign person who turns out to be malevolent. <laughs> <laughs> and the police are on the way but they might escape still yeah exactly and the police are chasing them like do you, does that does that feel like a fairly fair breakdown to you of the, of the plot to this point <laughs> it
0: feels like we're, we're easing into a sort of a system doesn't it or a theme <laughs>
1: um, oh Matt how could you how could you suggest that Dan Brown is in any sense a formulaic writer how Matt I'm, I'm, I am shocked I say shocked to find that there is sub-quality writing going on in this establishment
0: but- Come on, Dave. Could be a long could be a long cast if we are getting into those <laughs> Sorry. <things. laughs> Sorry. I can't help it. Carry on. Let's do it. No, Let's no, do no. cool. more um, joking. So the uh, yes, yeah, so we've got Vernet and um he uh, needs to so so this guy's making his way down to speak to Robert and Sophie. He's blaming the watchman for panicking and um and, and calling the cops. Uh, he recognises <laughs> Sophie. Uh, it turns out Fash the Bash the um, the indomitable and uh, everyone's favourite uh, Paris secret policeman is, uh, is more determined than anyone would have thought to catch Sophie certainly more determined than she would have thought I'm not quite sure why she expects Fash just to sort of shrug his shoulders and just let her get on with it But um, anyway,
1: maybe maybe she's just really used to the kind of casual sexism of her workplace, which has been well described to this point, which is just astonished that anybody remembers that she actually has responsibilities as a police officer. Mm. (laughs) Like (laughs) just expecting everybody to be like, oh, I thought she was here to do the tea or something. Yeah, yeah, (laughs) that's fine. Yeah, we won't chase her. That's fine.
0: Yeah, so, so 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 they were trying to get into this this box, this, um, this sort of secure box, and they had um, the key, but didn't have the account number. But now they were realised that the account number was written in that invisible ink next to Sophie's granddad's body. So it turns out the account number is slightly different to the number he wrote down. They work it out, um, but <laughs> don't have to go into details. <laughs> of that, <don't> they? <laughs>
1: That's that was like he built a whole tent set piece around that, and you just like turns out it was a bit different than he thought it did. Anyway, <laughs> <move>. <laughs> but it's going to happen so often. Yeah, it's kind of it is kind of sad that that like Dan Brown clearly loves a puzzle. Like he's a guy who would very happily go to a, a completely disconnected. Scottish island with nothing but the puzzler book of crosswords and be absolutely overjoyed with the experience Mm. but actually when you try and describe a plot that rests upon puzzles what you like is like yeah they were well confused and then they worked it out and then there was this (laughs) other fella who he was well confused as well he didn't work it out though and then they were being chased by the police uh, because of some object Yeah, more of that later because that will happen again as we move along it doesn't help that
0: I'm, I'm the absolute opposite in that respect, that I just really don't like puzzles. So <laughs> it's an uphill struggle anyways, it is, um, with the sort of theme- themes of this book. Anyway, uh, chapter 44. So, um, yeah, they work out the account number slightly different, get the number right. They get this box, and it feels like there's liquid inside. And then they open it up. We don't know what it is yet. And we're going to chapter 45, and we still don't, <laughs> don't know, know
1: what, what it is. <laughs> is. We still don't know what it is yet. That's the <laughs> leitmotif for this part of the thing. <laughs> Thought you were yeah. going to say they're just pouring out Hennessy. It's just like they just open up the box and then you just see, oh yeah, <laughs> the beat drops and they're just they're just in the club. Like that's what I was expecting you to say at that point.
0: <laughs> Age thirty-five years. Oh, this is amazing.
1: <laughs> <laughs> that's it, isn't it? It's like, sorry, what single malt was it? <laughs> Pull down but was- the shutters. It's a party.
0: <laughs> how does this lead to the code?
1: Maybe we should drink it. <laughs> 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 how, how is that? How will that help? How will that doesn't matter? Just drink it. Just go. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah. Okay. So it, no, it isn't a box. It isn't a bottle of whiskey inside. Now, we don't. Know, we don't know what it is yet. This is one of those things that he's done. In other uh, other authors do this, and it always kind of knocks me a bit when the main characters see something. But you don't see it, and I'm like, oh, why not? Yeah, yeah, but, yeah. You know, the main characters know, and they're basically who are our surrogates in this in this book. So, anyway, it mm. doesn't doesn't last for long. We find out what it is fairly soon. But anyway, they smuggle whatever it is um, into this into the back of this truck. This is amazing. So the big plan. Obviously, the police have got a, a tight cordon, a, a, a tight Parisian cordon, all around this um, this bank. Nothing's getting in. Nothing's getting out. <laughs> So the way they get out is um, <laughs> they go in the back of this lorry, and then um, Vaney, the boss, starts driving out, but disguised as sort of some bog standard worker. And then, like the the police stop him, obviously, and say we want to search the want to search the trunk, or search the lorry. And the guy's like, "Oh come on, you're breaking my balls, man! I can't I can't <laughs> open I can't open it. I've, I've, I've got to just leave." <laughs> and the policeman like looks at him and goes. Yeah, seems legit, yeah, on your way. (laughs) (laughs) He just goes
1: And then I really wanted like a crash cut then to (laughs) Fash the Bash sitting in front of his desk just looking, uh, you know, that perfect combination of quizzical and completely outraged, like like Inspector Clouseau with hemorrhoids sort of expression (laughs) on his face, just kind of going, so let me get this straight you established, as instructed, a tight perimeter cordon around this extremely well-secured bank, the purpose of which was not to allow anybody in or out of the building in any way until we'd searched it. Yeah? Right, yeah, we're bien, bon. So, but then what happened, right, was you decided that if somebody was to drive up to it and go, can I come through, please, and you said no, and he said oh, but I'm just a poor, honest working man, you say, fine. (laughs) That's the idea, is it? Was it there? Inspector Collet? (laughs) Uh, uh, Where, where, where?
0: (laughs) The policeman even sees this, like, priceless Rolex or whatever on the guy's wrist. He's like, aren't you rich? Oh, no, no, it's just a fake, you know? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, no no police points for that guy, anyway. No,
1: Um, none. Inspector Collet's... Circus a school of clown policing is what it is.
0: <laughs> they don't call themselves in glory the police at any point in this book. No,
1: no they really don't. Their purpose <laughs> is to, their purpose is at all points to be just about competent enough to stay conscious. That's the <laughs> that's their win as the police.
0: Yeah. Uh, chapter forty six. We 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 pull away from um from Robert and Sophie now and go back to Silas. Yay! Yay. Um, he's doing a bit. He's doing a bit of self harm. Um, <laughs> he's, he's, he's doing his hobby, and um, <laughs> <laughs> some people like to collect trains. Some people like to, you know, read. Some people like to play the piano. Silas likes a bit of self harm. I'm not one to judge. I-
1: no, well me neither but you you've got to say that you know you I am I am really really overjoyed at the even-handed presentation that's being given to different kinds of religious belief in this book. I really I'm I'm just I I'm really am overwhelmed by the length Stan Brown is going to to present one system of thought and another system of thought as being of equal value to one another. Genuinely genuinely fucking astonished. Sorry.
0: So He's We've, got a fucking yep, barbed well, wire
1: around his thigh. Like, sorry, sorry, <laughs> sorry.
0: Carry on. Loves it. Is the, well, is that, that's not even that this time, is it? Is this not the bit where he's whipping himself? Oh, he's whipping
1: himself, or he's got barbed is wire it, around his is, thigh, he's, he's, or he's trying he's, to yeah. swallow a ferret hole, or he's, he's diving myself, headfirst into it. an acid bath holding a broken jam jar. Like, I don't know what the fuck he's yeah. doing. But he's, he's a monk, apparently. That's what they do.
0: He, he gets a call from um, the teacher. Um, this shady, like, voice on the end of a phone that we've had appear a few times before. Um, and he knows about Sonia. So the the sort of... I think the, the, the basically this chapter is about, you know, um, the Opus Dei part of this <coughs> organisation finding, like, moving a step closer to finding um, Robert and Sophie. Chapter 47... Um, we open the box again and finally, finally we get to <laughs> see it this time. Um, th- this is weird because I thought something really jarred here because they opened the box like in chapter 44 and then it's written here as if they're opening it for the first time. I'm like, right, now open the box. Like, You've already opened it. You just haven't told me what's inside. But anyway, they do it. They open it. And it's a yeah. stone cryptex, which is a little stone ball. It made me think of those, you know, those like, Little puzzles you can buy for a, a fiver that are just extremely well for me who hates puzzles. <laughs> you always get you always get them for like Christmas off a relative that you, you sort of don't know that well. And you're like, great, it's a puzzle. You know get, me so well. Cheers. I hate puzzles. I'll um, I'll, yeah.
1: I'll I'll spend the rest of this otherwise enjoyable day becoming infuriated at my inability to do this puzzle. <laughs> I I like that this is like that he manages to he succeeds in making this feel like this huge imagine like oh this is a, this a amazing thing only Leonardo Da Vinci could have could have designed and invented or which is available in every slightly upmarket Christmas cracker sold at Waitrose and Marks and Spencers this year right? yeah. like, that's the that's the vibe
0: yeah this, this just reminded me mostly of actually and it's because I, I'm still thinking of how it sounded like there's liquid inside it as well I once got one of those ones it was, it was a bottle of wine but at the top of it there was a puzzle so he's like, you've got a bottle of wine, but no. you've got to solve this puzzle to open it. <laughs> and I just thought, I oh, just get with the wine. I, 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 just, <laughs> I, I just like, I, I like the that's wine. It's amazing. <laughs> I don't,
1: I, I can't imagine the circumstance in which I will think, tell you what I need is a glass of wine. But I tell you what I want before I have the alcohol is a brain teaser.
0: Yeah. I wanted to say, I really like... Half of this present. (laughs) (laughs) This is astonishingly,
1: astonishingly thoughtful to a certain (laughs) very specific extent and then not at all beyond that extent.
0: Yeah. (laughs) Um, So it turns out these cryptexes anyway, uh, I'm sure at some point if Sophie had have remained in good relations with her grandfather, at some point she would have received the bottle of wine with cryptex on the top because it turns out her granddad used to build these for her. Um, and just to sort of, you know, as, as a bit of fun. And uh, the, the, it turns <laughs> out the, the, the liquid you hear is probably vinegar, which means the note is going to disintegrate if you try and force your way into uh. it. There's also a rose on the box, and that's something to do with womanhood, apparently. Um, chapter forty-eight. What's chapter forty-eight. That um, I, th-
1: I, I, I feel like I feel like we may be being exactly as offhand with this uh, with this book as it is being with lots of other people. Rose something 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 <laughs> symbol something, something 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 womanhood something 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 ideas. Anyway, <laughs> on.
0: Um, so so chapter forty-eight. The uh, the cryptics. Um, it turns out okay. So they work out that the cryptics is the priory keystone. Um, It's only been made in the last 20 years, apparently, because previously the keystone, like the message, whatever it is, was kept by word of mouth for the last, like, you know, couple of thousand years, and now they decided to write it down, and it was up to Sophie's grandad to to make a cryptex to to do that.
1: Um, Seems legit. (laughs)
0: Seems
1: legit. I feel feel like that's what you would do if this was, like, a world-shattering secret, that it was your entire raison d'etre to keep. Would be, like... Should we just tell each other. we we'll just get together once a week and just tell everybody what it is. And then everybody will remember it and it'll be fine. Yeah, because you don't yeah. want to put too much thought or kind of overt complexity into running a secret society, do you? No, quite frankly, I cannot be shagged with it. No, that's completely, that's all right. We'll just, tell you what, we'll even make a little rhyme of it. <laughs> and then, uh, then Da Vinci comes along and makes his cryptex, and goes, "Look what I've made. We can st- we
0: can hide the message in here. Forget about it, Leo. We're not interested. <laughs> We're doing the word of mouth. But little does he know, in like 500 years' time or whatever, up on a little bit less." <laughs> They will eventually use his idea, so, you know, he must be pleased with that from beyond the
1: grave, I love the idea of Leonardo da Vinci, of all people, being the kind of slightly forlorn nerd on the edge of a conversation of much cooler people. Guys, I made this thing, it's cool for keeping secrets about the sacred feminine, yeah? Shut up, fucking Poindexter, fuck off. No, sh- <laughs> We've got our mouths, we all know it. <laughs> if If God whatever his, her gender may ultimately turn out to be had meant us to keep secrets in little twisty-turny boxes, he would have given us little twisty-turny boxes, wouldn't he, Leo? Well, yeah, but I've got a little twisty-turny... Shut it! (laughs) Voices are enough! (laughs) Um, So
0: anyway, the fact that her granddad made this cryptex um, suggests he was right at the very top of this organisation, which is is this one... Um, the Priory of Sion. yeah. So, um, yeah, he's he right at the top of that. So, if he remembers that memory again of what happened down in the basement, and doesn't want to talk about it, <laughs> 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 you don't want to talk about Grandpa sucking his own dick or doing whatever it was yeah. he was doing. We don't. Oh, know. oh sure
1: what? I mean, you know, we can neither. We have no information to the contrary, so nobody's able to deny that it wasn't a very elderly man engaging in auto fellatio. It's yeah. just the facts, you know, presumably it wasn't, because, um, <laughs> please God, it wasn't. But, you know, at this point, who can say? End of this chapter, the lorry stops. Uh, chapter
0: 49, the door opens, and Vernet has got them at gunpoint. He's got him under the barrel, Dave. <gasps> he says, uh, you know, I'm terribly sorry, but... uh I mean, to be honest, this is Swiss neutrality dealt another blow. Um, The already tattered reputation of the Swiss
1: for (laughs) remaining neutral. He really hates the Swiss, doesn't he? Dan Brown, he's really going for them. Neutral my ass! Look at what they did with their guns and their banks and their cordons.
0: Yeah. So Verne says, you know, hand over the box. Has them both sort of at gunpoint. Uh, Gets the box off them. It's quite heavy. And then somehow conspires to mess this up in in some ri- ridiculous sort of passage with which involves trying to shut a heavy door <laughs> and putting putting the gun down while he's doing it. Or it just feels like the most inept attempt at <laughs> sort of locking two people in a lorry that I've ever read. And he he somehow ends up getting the, the other two. Somehow end up getting the upper hand of him. How how did you process this through? Because I read this passage two or three times, trying to work out just how he could possibly have managed to not
1: walk away with the cryptex here. It's interesting that you did that, because I did that too, and it's really weird that that has happened to us both whilst reading a book that is supposed to make you able to skim-read it whilst barely conscious on a beach somewhere, right? (laughs) And yet there's this sequence, which is actually fairly key, where you're like, hang on, so... He's holding something in his hand, and the other fella's got a gun, but they're in a lorry, somehow, and the door's very heavy, and he needs to move forwards before he can move backwards, and while he's moving forwards, oh look, it's the next chapter. (laughs) <laughs> That's as far as I got every time. I was like, oh, uh, oh and they got out of it, did they? You amaze me. It's like, that, it's like that thing with like classic American serial TV where there's always a cliffhanger before the commercial break, which is resolved yeah. Yeah. within seconds of the return of the show after the commercial break. Like, instantly, yeah. right? It was, it's that, <laughs> but in novel form. Yours for only seven quid or whatever. <laughs> um, chapter
0: 50, um, Bishop Rosa um is is sort of is', is one' he's is, is on his way to uh i think I think <laughs> he's got his twenty million dollars in vatican bonds and he's on he, he can't contact the teacher on the phone and uh he's uh he thinks well it's time to to go to my next destination and we're all sort of thinking please please be vague <laughs> <almost> <laughs> Uh, uh, ch- ch-
1: ch- sorry ch- i would hey, completely bit. forgotten about that, and then I just had this extremely vivid image of an elderly bishop just like th- like peeling twenty million dollar <laughs> Vatican bonds off of a massive stack while standing over a you know a, a pit full of roulette tables. <laughs> make it rain <laughs>
0: uh chapter fifty one Robert fixes the bumper uh, the, the bumper was damaged um Sophie's trying various combinations. Um, I'm not sure if she's actually uh, physically trying these, because apparently if you get it wrong, it's going to just crack the glass and then the whole thing disappears anyway. They decide they need help from a real historian, and this is where they decide to approach this guy called <clears> t <throat> um, uh, Sorry, he, he he was
1: doing what, was he? <laughs>
0: yeah, yeah. know, <laughs> is that a clue? So apparently yeah. Robert and t uh works on a works on a BBC documentary together and uh T a knight. So oh, um, yeah. you know, it's all fallen into place.
1: Well yeah, well and, and and I think it I think you are wise to note that uh T is a knight because uh, over the course of this section of the novel, I think we will see um exactly what kind of over interpretation it's possible for an American author to put on the powers and privileges enjoyed by somebody with Sir in front of his name. I like that he he can't quite let go of the fact that somebody is supposed to be... Like, if they've got a title like Royal Historian... Not a real title, by the way. Somebody's got a title like Royal Historian or Sir, it kind of means that they're somehow one step into this strange world of, like... Tolkien-esque power and significance in society when I'm just perfect the only people I ever see being called sir these days are either very impressive Olympians or industrialists who have finally given enough to a particular political party to have got tipped over the magic threshold and they're mm. all knighted with swords when they're in their early eighties. <laughs> just I really I I quite liked the kind of dashing interpretation of T tea, Bing can we call him T binge? By the way, I just feel like that's that's far. He's like he's yeah, yeah. binged on tea. T binge, just desperate. Yeah. T binge, Mister T bag. T binge, better, better than teabagging. Yes.
0: <laughs> so yeah, so so we meet chapter fifty two. We meet T binge, and yeah, he's the he's the walking talking ultimate cliche of the British aristocracy in God, a cer- is, certain view of it. I mean, he's 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 basically sort of General Meltchet from Blackadder crossed <laughs> with Boris Johnson crossed with the guy from the. Go compare advert that opera singer. is <laughs> basically that. Try and imagine that. Uh, so I mean, he, he says when when they arrive at the at the uh, at, at the building, he, sa- uh, he says because uh, it's late. So he goes, "My good man, I dare say you're still on Houston time." <laughs> and uh, you know, he describes <laughs> <his butler laughs> I hear you
1: Americans have time zones. <laughs> <laughs> describes his butler as his
0: manservant. He has this ridiculous affinity <laughs> for tea, as we all do in England. Yeah, he's. he's yeah. A tickling, <laughs> He yeah. binges on it.
1: And and this is and actually the thing that kills me there is that you are you are absolutely one hundred percent bang on the friggin' money, describing him as a large part Boris Johnson. And that's where my kind of British dudgeon at the very idea of presenting such a stereotypical character kind of falls down a bit, doesn't it? Because I can't very well argue that people like that don't exist, since one person like that does exist, and he is the most senior diplomat in the British Foreign Service. I can't, (laughs) there's nothing I can do about that. It's like, yeah, all right, fair enough, Dan. You know, I hate that the cliché exists, but on the other hand, we put him on the news, so (laughs) fair enough. So uh, it's chapter 53,
0: we're back with Vernet, who's uh, sitting on the side, sitting on the pavement, feeling like the pride idiot that he is for letting them get away. And then he remembers, ah, I'll turn on the truck, tra- the truck transponder, which, um, which I would have thought if he was trying to sneak everybody out and get away, that would be the first thing he would manually turn off um, when, he got in the, when he got in the lorry, but he's left it on. So that's a good bit of insurance for him. So he switches <laughs> that on. Um, any thoughts on that one?
1: Riveting spycraft, isn't it? It really is. It's like reading John le Carré, if John le Carré had recently fallen down a (laughs) mineshaft.
0: Chapter 54. And um, Robert Langdon hides the cryptex, so he's in... (laughs) It sounds like a euphemism.
1: (laughs) Trust you to go there. Honestly, Matt. Honestly. Okay. So cha- <laughs> chapter
0: chapter 54. Uh, Robert Langdon um hides the cryptex. So he's um he's in this ro- we're in this room waiting for T-Bing to turn up or t and um and he sort of sticks the <laughs> sticks this priceless as under a, under a chair or something like that. Um <laughs> Remy the manservant appears, <laughs> and I just imagine this guy's the reoccurring character. He's he's basically the butler from the Agatha Christie book we read. He's turned up, the, yeah, the sweaty shady butler. Yeah, uh, he
1: spends all of his time sitting suspiciously close to uh, viewable keyholes and stuff.
0: Yeah, uh, and then there's the tea binge arrives, and oh my goodness, here we go. He um, he starts talking about you know one or two. Oh, he's, he's he's about to go into some more of the, you know, the myth and history and uh, and you know legend around what they're talking about, and he finds it amazing and hilarious and delicious that uh, Sophie doesn't know very much about it. And it gives him ample opportunity to uh, describe her as a virgin in this, and how here comes the climax, and and it's just it's a painful read. <laughs> so we go through that. We finally reach chapter fifty-five and breathe a sigh of relief. Okay, this is a lot. This is a lot of just knowledge again or theory to drop on you.
1: <laughs> G- gra- right? Are we are we back in Robert Langdon's Robert Langdon's lecture theatre of the mind? Oh, is, is this <laughs> is this the bit where he says that iambic pentameter is fundamentally pagan?
0: Oh no, no, that's coming up. But that was hilarious. <laughs> yeah, this is the problem though because because. It sort of early on at the very start we came across stuff that we just sort of checked out and it's sort of comp- obviously just made up then it, it's just like I'm not sure what the point of this sort of stuff is now because it's, it's not interesting enough to be completely fantasy and it's not like oh that's interesting I never knew that before because you can't really trust any of it anyway so you're just kind of flicking through thinking oh right okay let's, let's just get on with the plot anyway, yeah it is a bit isn't it yeah so uh, yeah, the, the Grail story is told. Um, men wrote the Bible. That's probably that, that's probably conclusive, isn't it? We can we can say that's, that's true. Start that's that's
1: reasonable given given access to education at the time. Fair. Uh,
0: some of the traditions have been borrowed from pagan uh, religion. Probably uh, probably bits and pieces of, of that would. Be It'd be true.
1: I, that's, well, that's accurate, but that's kind of said as though, oh, well, it's not really a religion at all. They just nicked it from other people. I think that was like conscious rebranding. As yeah. far as I understand it, what happened there was people converted to Christianity and were like, well, we like having a holiday in the middle of the winter. So mm. uh, what, are you, what are you saying? We're going to celebrate Jesus? Wicked. All right. So, you know. So I, And I don't necessarily think that makes either one of them less true. But
0: Yeah. We're uh, talking about the Council of Nicaea, which is a, a very uh, famous... Um, sort of moment in the history of the of the Catholic Church, yeah. yeah. To take their own sort of spin on it about, um, yeah, uh, to do with sort of Christ and divinity and uh, how the Gospels were chosen and how there are other, basically how the, it's basically around how the Bible was edited here. Who was the editor? Who decided that this book goes in and who decided that this book didn't? And um, yeah. it's it's all around that sort of stuff. Um, there's no Grail in the Last Supper picture, apparently. Um, I've not checked this out. Is that true? Is there a, is there a cup? Um, is there not a cup? I, I fail to see how there
1: could be no cup in a <laughs> picture of up. thirteen people of having dinner. But
0: there we go. This, this is this is Charlie Rowe research on the fly.
1: This is so man looks something up on the internet. But isn't it sad though that Dan Brown has built his not the, the kind of appeal of his novel around this sort of? I've got all these facts for you. And we're half of the way through, and we're so untrusting of even these fairly straightforward, checkable facts that we're like, "Hang on a minute, hang on, let's just." Are we in the realm of alternative facts here, Dan? <laughs> I can't,
0: I can't, I can't see I um, I can't see a cup. All right. The thing, the, th- th- yeah. the thing is, I don't know though, because this is just a picture on Google. it could... <laughs> <laughs> no, <laughs> well, oh, yeah, dear. Maybe,
1: maybe that's true. Maybe there isn't a cup there. So, so I don't know. Then, I've, I've never seen the painting of the last supper so. Hmm.
0: And so they say um ah that's because the grail is a person. Um, um Chapter 56. Um <gasps> that person is Oh no no, I'm going to what chapter is it? 56. Oh, this, uh, this is, this so is um, being strapped
1: to the front of a roller coaster as it slowly runs out of steam. Chapter <laughs> fifty-six is
0: um, the, uh, the there's a bit of a talk about women in divinity and symbols, and then Remy is watching the news. Hang on, man! Don't
1: skip over it. Don't skip over it. I feel like I feel like maybe there's more that I could hear about that that he hasn't yet belaboured.
0: No, uh, we, there's more to come. So let's 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 just do it in <laughs> stages. Push on. So let's push on. But, the, but the, the key part of this is the bit where just in the room next door Remy's watching the news with like his mouth open as he sees uh, <laughs> the two fugitives appear on screen. Um, <laughs> chapter 57 we go to Colle, uh, Inspector Colle, our second favourite um, inspector who's uh, at the bank and uh, the fash the bash is busy he's doing something else um, while this oh, crucial is case is continuing to unfold he's, he's on the phone to someone just Having a chat, so um, hey Matt, you don't it. you don't
1: suppose that? Hang on a minute, he's on the he's on the phone. <laughs> Matt, who else have we seen? I oh, know, stay with me here. No, I know we're through the looking glass, Matt, but I mean, I think I've seen something here which maybe Dan Brown himself didn't even really mean me to see. You see, the sign and the signifier have subverted themselves, and now maybe <laughs> the guy with the French accent who has a lot of great reasons, right? to be all suspicious, maybe he's on the phone to somebody else. Now, how many characters have we seen so far who aren't named and who could be on the phone and who might be... (laughs) I tell you what, man, I think think I've got this... I think he might be the teacher. I have got this novel by the Short and Curlies. Whatever (laughs) happens now, I've definitely got the plot nailed. Absolutely.
0: Mm -hmm. Clearly. Uh, I was going to say, does it rhyme with creature? Is that where you're going with it? (laughs) uh, Yeah, so so Flash the Bash is on the phone. (laughs) So, so
1: it, does, it, does it <laughs> does it rhyme with telegraphing the plot?
0: <laughs> so um yeah, so Fashibash is on the phone, so it's up to Colle to um to take the lead in the latest uh French police collapsing clone car routine. <laughs> <laughs> and, car, and, start running again.
1: <laughs> and it's like a 20 minute drive, isn't it? You imagine a 20 minute loop of. <laughs> <laughs> um,
0: oh, and uh, Silas turns up. I think he's at the house now because um, he, he's found where they are as well. Um, and he's checking, the, it, this is amazing, he's outside at the fence and he's checking the chamber on his 13-round gun. Just cast your mind back to what happened at the very start of this novel where he brought his single-round gun. <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh, it's something special, isn't it, to actually specify that number and then, by so doing, undo a piece of plotting that you did earlier on.
2: Yeah.
1: Other than that, or were there 12 other bullet holes in the in the Louvre, or was he just astonishingly poorly prepared?
0: prepared. Just loaded one bullet into it. Well, just loaded yeah, one. Was, yeah. That's all I'll need. That's all I'll need.
1: Hey. There's nothing. I'm not doing anything that would in any sense impair my ability to calmly aim and fire, so uh, <laughs> one bullet will be enough. <laughs> I could accidentally left the safety off, and then like he just got it at the guy and went,
0: bang, 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 bang. No, 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 bang, 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 bang. <laughs> No, 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 <laughs> no.
1: <laughs> and then, then the police the police look up from their copy of Le Monde. Look at the look at the look the middle distance. Was it gunfire? I don't think it was. You know, okay, that's fine. <laughs> Reopens newspaper.
0: Mm, anyway, yeah. So he's got his 13 round gun. Um, chapter 58. So um, the uh, the idea is that the the Grail is in fact Mary Magdalene. Um, she's in. The the Leonardo da Vinci Last Supper painting. Um there's this theory that she was actually the wife of Jesus. Um right. there's a there's a V somewhere. Oh no the, no the way the bodies are together, like you can yeah. trace a V, which, which means women, apparently. The uh some, Fair. The, dead, Fair. The, <laughs> dead sea, the Dead Sea Scrolls might prove this. Uh the hang on a minute. Mary Magdalene was supposed to be the head of the church. And, and her son, um, Jesus' Jesus' baby son, um, yeah, has, ro- <laughs> Jesus, <laughs> has Jesus royal Jesus <laughs> Junior,
1: as he was known, JJ, uh,
0: has royal blood. Um, so there's a de- so there's descendants. That, are you still with me? Of, from Jesus <laughs> <I> times,
1: <laughs> I am, Matt. Sorry. I am. <laughs> I've
0: I any any thoughts on any of
1: that, Dave? Um. <laughs> oh I'm just oh Matt I'm so tempted I'm just so, for, for for history's sake alone just to be like yeah, yeah I wonder why nobody else thought of trying to appoint somebody to take over the church from Jesus after his resurrection I wonder why that was a no oh they did it was his brother James and he told him to fuck off because Jesus was still the head of the church that's what he said not oh yeah we definitely need to usurp this uppity woman fuck I could now nah, do you know what I could do it forever but fuck it it's fantastic like it is like I, as much as anything else and I, I will say and I say this absolutely sincerely I I really love his commitment to his plot at this point like I'm getting pretty bored with the endless monologues about art theory <laughs> to be honest and I still think symbology as a discipline is bollocks but I do love that he's gone all out both barrels for being like I'm gonna do my very best to sketch a proper conspiracy here hmm. And, and and if what it all rests upon is the idea that if you take Leonardo da Vinci's masterpiece and turn everybody in it, in it into a silhouette, part of it looks kind of like a V-shape. I'm cool with that. That's <laughs> fine. <laughs> well, but I, that, I went and looked at that. It doesn't really. It's more a sort of, if it's anything, it's a sort of backwards square root sign is how I would describe it. Hmm. But I don't know. What do you think?
0: Yeah, I, I'm I'm reminded a little of um, the the ISIS anagram from earlier on with this. Sort of He's <laughs> sort of, you know, you sort of, but, you know fine. It's a
1: good ride of, though, isn't it?
0: Yeah, 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 yeah. But it's it's the same thing. as like. Yeah, yeah. I suppose you could you could go away and because you, the stuff you can read on on that kind of stuff, and you can you can go yeah, into yeah. all the conspiracy theories and stuff. So if that's your bag, go for it. It's, it might might be quite a nice entry point to do it. Um, yeah, absolutely. Although yeah.
1: although it is worth saying that the the primary source for this conspiracy theory is a book that was published in 1982, the authors of which sued Dan Brown for ripping off their intellectual property. Hmm. Um. And then marvelously, the judge was like, But hang on, didn't you say that your book was, was a history book? Didn't you say that it was non fiction? And they were like, Well, yeah, it all really happened. That conspiracy is legit. And he was like, Right, so how can somebody rip off history in order to write a historical novel <laughs> and put them out of court? <laughs>
0: Interesting. Um, so, yeah. chapter 59: Aringa Rosa is back. Bishop, we, we all fall down. <laughs> um, he's, he's, he's back. Um, at the OD, back in the house, up as days, uh, palace, wherever it is, he gets a call from the French police, updating him on the situation. Dave, you can, can you think of any French high-ranking policeman who might have been sort of on the phone
1: recently? I mean, I mean, it's on the very tip of my tongue, Matt, but I just can't quite hold that thought. No, he's. Hold that thought, because
0: we're on to Chapter 60. We're learning about the Crusades. They were about destroying evidence. <laughs> Sorry. I've, 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 um, Fucking goals. I've, I've studied the, the Crusades, and this was news to me, but um, the <laughs> Crusades were, in fact, about destroying evidence rather than anything else.
1: Um, I, I think bit- you're underdoing yourself there, Matt. Like, you studied them at, at extreme and great length. Like, like, this isn't just like, oh, I went and I read a quick deco at a couple of books. Like, I, I, I remember seeing your shelf of research for that stuff, and it was like three, pages, three, three shelves long worth of books.
0: Yeah. Tra- yeah. Tragically, they didn't include this
1: book, so um, I never came across <laughs> this theory before. Oh, the crystal- Matt, I would have given you so much cash if you'd have referenced the Da Vinci Code. <laughs> it would have been yeah, amazing.
2: I mean, <laughs>
1: yeah. Da- Dan Brown, 2003. Makes a compelling case for an alternative uh, motivation behind the Crusades. <laughs> uh,
0: so, anyway, yeah, chapter sixty, Crusades about that. Um, there's something about the rose and sexual love as well, um, which you know, yeah, okay, yeah. Uh, Georgia O'Keefe gets a mention, <laughs> the one the woman <laughs> who painted vaginas, uh, things that look like vaginas.
1: They were flowers, Matt. What are you, what are you trying to talk? They were flowers. No, okay, That was, yeah. they were, they were just that's flowers. That's the whole man. point, that's linking the two, you, yeah. You're wrecking my, you, you, you're twisting my melon, man.
0: Um, there's a, there the may or may not be a Jesus family tree knocking about, I think we've done that. Um, oh and yeah. he, kept a, he kept a diary as well. Um, <laughs> oh yeah, I forgot
1: that was brilliant. I was like, because, <laughs> you, you I'm sure are aware, Matt, of the phenomenon, what was it, in the early 70s, where somebody was like, I've oh, found Hitler's diaries. And they managed to get, like, the foremost Nazi historian of the era. Historian of the Nazis, I should say. He was not himself an extreme Mm -hmm. right-winger. To sign off and say that they were legit. (laughs) Like, in 36 hours or something, because they really wanted to publish the story. Mm. It was the Times, I think, wanted to do it. Mm -hmm. And um, uh, and it turned out to be complete bollocks. And, like, every other historian was, like, kind of... Are you sure about this because I'm noticing quite a lot of talk here about things like I forget what it was but it was like he was talking about things that weren't invented till the 50s yeah in the Hitler Diaries and I just love the idea of like I, I yeah I, I don't even know if this is an actual manuscript thing or if there's another thing Dan Brown's made up but if the Jesus Diaries really exist I just really want there to be some some really subtle Aramaic anachronism in there like you mm-hmm. know he, he uses he, he uses the phrase he, 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 like he yeah, he uses the phrase wagwan or something, you know what I mean? Like but just spelt in faultless Aramaic. Dear diary, woke up today, still divine, live in the dream, hashtag boss, hashtag Christ, hashtag King of Kings. Right? Jude. Like just something like that. Judah's
0: Judas chipping off again. <laughs> what a twat. <laughs> Anyway, uh, hashtag yeah, wanker, so, um, hashtag
1: wannabe, hashtag where's my money gone.
0: <laughs> so the next bit is um, <laughs> the next bit is, yes, so the Holy Grail is in fact Mary Magdalene's tomb. Um, oh, there
1: you go. And really some nice documents is what I love about that. It's Pardon? it's 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 Mary oh, Magdalene's oh, oh, yeah, tomb yeah, yeah. and and a filing cabinet basically, and I love that that's part of the story here. This is where this is again this is a place where I actually really admire Dan Brown for being so in love with the theory that he puts mm. it all in, even the bits of it which failed the laugh test, right? Mm. And the laugh test in question is the Holy Grail, Mary Magdalene, solid argument that actually pre, you know, like I can I can I can see you making that argument. You know, you're going along with that. That's fantastic. It's Mary Magdalene and her filing cabinet. Just sort of takes a little bit of the romance out of it, do you not think? Yeah.
0: Yeah, yeah, it is a bit. As they're discussing this, uh, Remy calls T Binge into the kitchen. Sir, I need a word. (laughs) 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 I love imagining the sort of like reedy panic
1: in Remy's voice as he tries to act casual. <laughs> as I love the idea of him kind of being okay, Remy, just play it cool. They don't know that you know, so it's going to be okay. Monsieur, est-ce que vous avez come here immediately, s'il vous plaît?
0: <laughs> Can you help me with the tea, please? <laughs> 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 so, um, so yeah, uh, Remy's progresses the in his pants, and calls a uh, calls binge into the kitchen. Chapter sixty one. So Sophie's it's a bombshell. This Sophie's like, oh, am I descended from from Jesus? And uh, Robert puts his arm around her shoulder and goes, "No,
1: you're not." Um, but don't really, that's I'm a not. hell of a come down that. that is like who do you think you are Raised to the millionth degree Isn't it Who do you think you are You usually find out something impossibly moving About your great 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 grandmother right? And everybody cries yeah. And that's what who do you think you are is about it's like, Who do you think you are We're pleased to announce that you are actually The the only rem- remnant of the divine on earth <laughs> Oh, sorry, Postscript, post-credit sequence here We actually found out, made a bit of a mistake in the archives Parish records went a bit awry, anyway, you're not But, what a journey, eh? <laughs> yeah,
0: so um, so, he, so she's obviously reeling from this No, you're not in fact directly descended from Jesus But don't worry, there's, a, there's another Robert Landon lecture on the way to cheer you up um, this one, <laughs> Oh, marvelous. Sophie this, this said, one... <laughs> settling
1: in and glazing over this
0: one um is another yeah it meanders a bit There's something about Walt disney being involved i mean <laughs> everyone gets a go don't they um i don't i don't know if mickey mouse is some kind of like i don't know animated representation of the D- divine in female stroke male form and the Minnie f- mouse is the female the, the feminine divine
1: version of that yeah
0: um could be, uh, could be. Have you ever seen? Uh, I
1: mean, in symbology, Matt. If you want it to be true, all you have got to do is squint your eyes and turn your head and decide that that links up with something else you read twenty years ago, and that's the way it works. Well, we should all be me. so lucky as to be Harvard professors of confirmation bias, Matt.
0: Answer me this then, Dave. Why have you never seen Mickey Mouse with a rose? I'm exactly. Do you know
1: what? <laughs> <laughs> I really wish I'd watch Fantasia more because I'm sure in that <laughs> poorly marshaled sequence of acid trippery, there is a moment where he's holding a rose. Sure. So to, be honest, to be honest, Dave,
0: if there is, I'll just rewind that and I'll say, Dave, answer me this. How come in Fantasia Mickey Mouse has a rose?
1: <gasps> exactly. My God, he's right!
0: <laughs> exactly. Anyway, um, so so the, yeah, well, something about Walt Disney um, and then T. Bing returns and he's not happy. He's not happy. Uh, chapter sixty-two. He's not. He's not the only one. Day from by this stage, he's still I, I had a not look happy. along and saw him many more chapters to <laughs> go. <laughs> 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 chapter sixty-two. Um, Robert Langdon uh, has got a. He uses his knowledge of the. So T. Bing is saying, "You, you fugitives, you, 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 you come into my house. I'm in trouble with the law now. What are you doing?" And Robert says. He basically says, "Look, I've got the keystone. You know, let's keep let's work on it together." And T-Binge is all like, "Ooh, okay." Never mind, <laughs> there, so
2: let's keep going. Uh, let's do it.
1: Hang, give Give me a moment. Allow me to <laughs> scrumple up my pri- my principles on yeah. which I have been standing to this point and throw them in the furthest, darkest, dustiest corner of this enormous castle.
0: Yeah. Why and didn't
1: you say so, dear boy?
0: <laughs> and then, just as they're all like really pleased, Silas. Emerges from the shadows. He just, he just goes, let's not all start sucking each other's dicks just yet. <laughs> 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 the tables are turned. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, yeah, it turns out, so this is where Robert and Sophie realise that the, 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 you know, Opus Day have, have killed Grandpa. And, um, mm. and the plan uh, is about, because the Priory were about to make the secret known one day. And that day was coming <laughs> round.
1: You were; they were about to make it known <laughs> I'm do- one day, possibly. Oh,
0: Dad, I am doing my best to sell this. It's not easy. So you can do yeah, it, so- Matt.
1: I believe in you. I believe in you. If you, so- I tell you what, if you can get through the next little bit of this plot explanation exposition bit without singing the song from the start of the musical Hair, I will be so <laughs> impressed.
0: Well, look. So, so this basically this is why it's all coming to a head now, because for whatever reason. Um, the, the this priory that have kept the secrets of the Mary Magdalene Jesus time stuff uh, are now going to reveal all. They've chosen this moment, or well, soon to this moment, and this is why every, all all these things are all these wheels are turning now. As the as this group tried to stop them, mm. I'm not quite sure why they've done a two thousand year delay on it. I don't know why any point well they didn't
1: though did they because it was a thousand well because I mean given that the priority of sign is completely made up but it was supposed to have been founded in 1099 wasn't it yeah oh yeah good point so although yeah. I've actually it's done it sort of 900 years and change kind of delay
0: yeah but I don't understand why as soon as you find these like documents and stuff why don't you just put it out there then well, so. it depends
1: what your purpose is, Matt. If your purpose is to reveal the truth, then that's what you would do. But if your purpose is to sit around having strange autofillatio parties. Then <laughs> then yeah. Because they're not even using it to blackmail you. You may anybody. decide otherwise. They're just keeping it no, quiet. Wouldn't that be fantastic, though, if they were using it to like blackmail somebody, just like whatever, <laughs> whoever the remaining descendants of Jesus are who know about it? It'd just be like. You better not, otherwise, you better give us money. And the thing is that. So, this is. I don't know if you've ever. If you've, like, looked into this sort of, like, descent stuff. But you know how it's said that people, like, that, you know, Genghis. Like, almost everybody has a bit of Genghis Khan's genome in them. And it's said that that's mm. because Genghis Khan did so much shagging. But actually, mm. if you run the maths, eventually. Like if you go back far enough, there were few enough human beings that everybody is related to everybody else at some on some level, right? Like it doesn't it, it takes not very but like takes you know a couple of hundred generations or something for mm. basically everybody's vaguely related to everybody else. Um, and so that means that far from there being only one astonishingly sparky French cryptologist who was the living descendant of Jesus Christ, there's, there's you know if Jesus had kids, there's literally millions of people who are in some sense descended from Jesus Christ, like their whole project about being special is is the very living opposite of that the more generations away from it you get the more it is that like, yeah, yeah, yeah yeah, no, you as well, is it? oh, gosh, anyway how astoundingly common you know (laughs) Yeah, that's how you get the sort of Sons
0: of David stuff, isn't it? Back in the old ancient uh, times. Isn't it?
1: Hey, you know, that's solid. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well,
0: well, well said there. I hadn't thought yeah. of that, but yeah. Um, so chapter 63, Colle has arrived too. And this is amazing because Colle gets there with his clone car, um, <laughs> police police vehicle, and all his policemen. And he's just about to go and storm the place. And he... Um, Mm-hmm. <laughs> Fash Labash is on the caller ID Answers. no 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 wait 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 for me <laughs> I've been busy doing things wait for me I'm coming down now
1: <laughs> so, so glorious wait for me I've, I can't tell you where I've been uh, you probably better not look in the back of my car either but look let's just say that I'm coming now and if you don't wait then you're for it right
0: yeah. <laughs> and uh and then the, the chapter ends just in case you, you have been reading this asleep. Um Bishop Ringarosa says, Oh Fash the Bash is you know on side with us, he's working with us. Um Chapter sixty four Um The Cryptex something about the Cryptex
1: Something, something cryptex, something, oh, something
0: vinegar. No, I, I was, I was okay. I was wrong before. Silas is in the building, but he hasn't sort of shown himself yet. Oh, so, yeah.
1: So he's, he's still, he's still creeping. He's
0: creeping. Yeah. So he didn't do the big reveal, um, which, is, which is immensely disappointing because I quite enjoyed doing that. But anyway, <laughs> that's right. We'll do it bit. again, so, Matt. We'll do it again. So, so they're working at the cryptex, and um, they find a hidden code in the box on the inside of the box. There's a code, and then blackout because this is where silas does arrive and he announces himself not with a sort of cheeky vulgar comment but by just cracking someone over the head so silas is here he's got sophie under gunpoint he gets the keystone cryptex over there whatever the hell it is and he says right i'm out of here i'm gonna split and then t binge and sophie somehow manage a takedown and once again, the tables are turned. And as the uh, as sort of Silas struggles and is overpowered by this pensioner and Sophie, um, this this guy who's been training for combat all his life, um, <laughs> he fires he fires his thirteen chamber weapon into the air, and that's the sign for Cole and the the uh, police. So I think we can't we can't much as we'd like. To put this entire thing on hold, so Flash the Bash can just come and enjoy it with us. <laughs> we can't wait any longer. That was, that was that was
1: gunfire, fellas. Let's get involved.
0: <laughs> yeah,
1: um, and there you have it. Thoughts. Um, I hadn't thought until you said that that it is even more preposterous that this limping senior citizen would take out this hardened ex-crim who has entered the room with the sole purpose of being violent in pursuit of his (laughs) end.
0: Not to forget, he's not not even got the golden gun this time either. He's got 13 rounds in that bad boy. He could just start spraying.
1: Yeah, but he doesn't know. Does he? He's
0: forgotten. He's thought he's got the one shot gun again. He's like, oh crap, I've got to make oh, it count. And as, he, as he's trussed up in the back of the car later on, he's just thinking to himself,
1: oh, we are 13 I, rounds in that thing. I <laughs> can't believe it. I could have given him literally four bullets each. <laughs> could have just got it done. Could have got it silenced. So stupid, Silas, so stupid. (laughs) Silas, this is why bad
0: things have to happen to you, inflicted on yourself (laughs) all
1: the time. (laughs) I like a little bit later, Mr. T-Binge says says that he saw that he was wearing his silice, his silice, as they call it in the Armani collection, um, under under his robes. But Mm. how? Like... (laughs) I assume. They're robes. I, 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 they are <laughs> loose-fitting robes. Was he Was he showing a bit of leg, was he? He looked was, and he was yeah. like, oh, good heavens, he's got a barbed wire garter on there. I'd probably better poke that, and no mistake.
0: <laughs> I was going to say, I'd imagine it's as he sort of falls over and, he get, and in, in the struggle, sort of the thing rides up and he sees it. It's either that or maybe Silas revealed himself by sort
1: of rather... Sexually putting a single <laughs> leg around the door <laughs> frame. Oh, <wait>. <laughs> <laughs> Silas, terrifying albino ex-crim holding a gun, sashayed coquettishly into the room. Why, Dr. Landon, fancy seeing you here. <laughs> uh,
0: so, so chapter 66, uh, Colle and the French police search the house, but everyone's gone. So, um, so no dice there. Fash the bash won't be happy. Um, no. si- 67 and they're on the run and Remy is um, is showing his previously untold skills in the car as they're sort of driving away um, Silas is in the back um, sort of, is he out cold or tired up or is he just restrained in some way and they're booking a plane a private plane to go to England it's all good and uh, and then tell you what, si- Mister Teabing is- just
1: turned on a, on a on a on a penny black here, hasn't he? <laughs> he's absolutely gone from being like, "How very dare you bring illegality into my home?" To I think I'll help smuggle you out of the country now. Yeah. No mistake there.
0: Yeah, that is all in, isn't it? He has gone all in. <laughs> um, the questioning Silas in the car as they're driving along, and that gives Robert an idea. Uh, chapter sixty-eight, and um. Robert makes a reverse charge call because he's cheap to, the, um, <laughs> to, to, to his editor in New York um, and finds out that Robert, as he suspects, um, one of his new books that he'd wrote had been sent to Saunier, Grandpa, um, and that must be why this guy was so keen to speak to Robert um, because of some of the things that he'd put in his book. And then yeah. they're, they're off to get this plane to Blighty. Uh, Chap, anything to add on that? No, no. (laughs) Chapter 69. And uh, they're on a plane. Uh, They're on the plane now. Sophie is um, sort of looking at this cryptex thinking, it's up to me to keep the story alive. Um, And T-Bing is saying, when we find it, we've got to release the information to the world. Um, Which, I mean, yeah, sure. I mean, why why not? Um, Especially considering... I don't know. Is, is there even any debate over whether to do? I suppose maybe it's better if they don't know. I don't know. Maybe, well, they'll, maybe, they'll, I mean, maybe, they'll, maybe they'll have to decide that later on. I think we were getting a bit ahead of ourselves. Yeah.
1: So, well. Okay. Possibly later on they will engage with the moral underpinnings of the decisions that they have to make. But hmm. it, it, that doesn't seem like gallopingly likely to me, to be honest. Um, chapter seventy,
0: and this is Fash the bash with um, with Collier, Um and. They find out about the plane that it's uh, that it's leaving, and they're they're going to lose them. They're leaving the country, and you can almost hear the. They wah, 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 <laughs> each other, and Fash to Bash goes, "Call <laughs> And he's going, oh, "Sorry, uh oh, Oh So Fash needs to call in some um, some favours and find out where that plane's going. Chapter seventy one. Um, they have another look at this text on the cryptex box. It's um, unintelligible until they realise that it's mirrored script. So you stick a mirror up to it, and you can read it. Um, in the meantime. I like
1: how much he milks that as well, like as if it was this magnificent <laughs> reveal. And I thought, isn't that the, one of the things that everybody knows about Leonardo da Vinci? Is that he had this weird backwards way of writing? Yeah, like that he wrote. So, but he gets an entire chapter out of. I can't work it out. It's indecipherable to me and i'm a world expert in signs and ciphers of i i wish i knew what everybody else knows from watching five minutes of the history channel about no i just have no knowledge of them this is this was one of the chapters where i was like dan you are milking this i think i think enough people know this that yeah. just just skip past it a bit hey? Well, he's about to pull out of the nosedive in spectacular fashion
0: in chapter seventy two, where your favourite um, element of the entire story comes along. Um this bit about how iambic pentameter is in fact deeply pagan. Dave, go.
1: <laughs> well, I'm not saying it's not deeply pagan. In a real sense, paganism is the sort of default religious setting of, of, of human society, and to that extent, fair enough. And but it was But I think that is a little bit like That is a bit like saying there's a religious word that I'm going to apply to this thing which actually just proceeds from the way human beings do things. Mm. Like, iambic pentameter doesn't work in people's mouths when they use it, right? Because Mm. of the religious underpinnings of it. It's far more fundamental than that. What Mm. it is, is because it sounds great. And it sounds Mm. great because of the accident of the way the English language has come to be put together and the way that it sounds on your tongue, you know. Mm. Um, uh, Although I will say this. I thought actually it was very, very, very funny. The way that um, iambic pentameter, actually, like, there is a thing that you do to iambic pentameter to, like, make it a bit longer if you need the syllables to kind of, if the line needs to go a little bit longer to sort of make the line work, that's legit. So you add an extra syllable on the end of it, and that is called a feminine ending. And of all the places that you could go, it just seemed really weird to me that Dan Brown would do this entire book about like echoes of the feminine throughout the meaning of the thing, and then say something, crowbarring that into what iambic pentameter is, and not mention the fact, because of course it wrecks Mm. his entire thesis, that there's such a thing as a feminine ending, but it's not based on the number five because it adds a sixth. (laughs) It's just like, Dan, mate... I just... Uh, I don't know why you would go there. Do you know what I mean? Like, like... Gah! <laughs> ah, <laughs> there, there you go. There you go. That, there's the noise <laughs> I was waiting for. <laughs> yeah, sorry. I, so, I'm that predictable. I really am. But honestly, for fuck's sake, Dan. So the... um, Yeah, so they work out
0: that the Templar head... A Templar headstone is the key here. Um, So basically a headstone, quote, praised by... Templars and they're trying to work out where that is. And um Sophie meanwhile is worrying that when they do finally get the hold of this keystone, it'll just be another clue and no answers. And and Sophie I, I I'm worried about that too, to be to be honest. 73. <laughs> 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 Wouldn't that, that be great be though if he'd have, fear, like if really. at
1: this point in the novel Dan Brown had gone down in a barrel full of Dadaist flames and had taken hold of the narrative, the meta-narrative and the sub-narrative tied them up in a pretzel knot and just gone, you know what, she's fucking right, there was no resolution to the plot whatsoever because in life not everything adds up (laughs) have that, bitches and just walks (laughs) off into the sunset I would love that far more at this point than a novel that carefully ties up all its narrative loose ends (laughs)
0: Uh, chapter seventy three. Fash the bash finds out that they're um, they going to Kent. The planes are going to Kent. He's like, "Give me the local Kent
1: bullies." So um, so they they do that. <laughs> the, the only the only time, by the way, that uh, <laughs> that that sentence has been made the centerpiece of the dramatic high point of a, <laughs> of a chapter. In a, admittedly, dramatic high point is a cheaper currency in this novel than it is in many many other, basically any other novel and most blog posts ever mm. written are more sparing with their dramatic moments than this. But still, get me the Kent police. What a line. What an absolute line. Uh, Tell you what I found out as well, eh? Um, The 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 airport that they're going to, that is real. That exists. That is an actual place. And I wonder if, in common with all the other locations in this novel they have seen a completely infuriating tide of tourists who want to turn up and see the place that Ian McKellen (laughs) ran away from the police (laughs) I bet there's a little shop there now making a fortune out of it I bet there is as well, (laughs) it'll be cool it'll be called, you know, the the Biggin Hill Mystery Boutique or (laughs) Spurious Narrative Connections R Us or something (laughs) Uh,
0: Chapter 74 or Hold On To Your butts. Chapter 74 we're going to get this we're going to get this sex right explained. We're going to find out what happened in the basement. So it's. Uh, it's sorry, sorry. That, that, pardon? No, I'm just. I'm, I'm, I'm
1: settling in for the explanation because if it's not an elderly French art historian sucking his own dick, I will be very, very disappointed.
0: <laughs> it's not far away. So it's a lot of people in robes and masks all standing in a circle while Sophie's granddad. Lies in the middle of it. She can recognise his body. He's got a mask on, but she recognises the body from her birthmark, which I thought was quite conveniently funny.
1: Yeah, I was Um, going to say that's a little bit like, and I knew it was him because of the enormous trumpet-shaped birthmark covering his entire (laughs) lower leg, which even as a perfectly innocent child, I would definitely have witnessed, thereby ensuring that this plot continues to function without creaking very much.
0: Yeah, and he's um, he's, 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 he's shagging away because there's this woman... Writhing him like there's no tomorrow in the middle of this room, uh, with all these people <laughs> watching, and uh, and that's what she's so upset about. And I kind of thought, yeah, it's really it's really weird. But is it is it is that weird enough to sort of just cut all ties and never speak to him again? He's not be like, Grandad, what's going on? Come on, yeah. I mean, it's it's pretty each to their own and everything. But this is pretty weird. Yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, to like just literally, you know, drops mic, leaves family. <laughs> yeah. it, you know what I mean. Instead of being like, I think as somebody who's supposed to be a sympathetic protagonist, I should have a bit of character here and just say, "What?" Yeah, but but no, I mean, of course, of course, she doesn't. Yeah, I sh- I like I like by the way that his interpretation. If we can become crass for a moment, their interpretation of a, of a divine right to to uh, reflect the uh the the sacred feminine is a man lying on his back, letting somebody else do all the work. Like I feel like that's a bit strong, isn't it? <laughs>
0: <laughs> Which sexual position do you think would have been more appropriate?
1: <laughs> <laughs> well. Time, time forbids, but should we do a shark cage at the end where we can discuss this in horrific length? <laughs> um,
0: so, anyway, um, this gets us into another lecture. Uh, you'll be delighted to hear
1: how... Um, <laughs> se- of all the things you could just... Like, do you ever get the impression that Robert Langdon would be the worst imaginable dinner party guest? Just literally, somebody says anything anything and he finds a way to make it about his pet subject right he's just Mm. heard about an essentially traumatic sexually witnessed experience from from his from this person who he's known for about six hours from her early life right and his response is you know it's interesting that because that ties very closely to the subject of my thesis Mm. like we all know people who are like that or who were like that at university, and I don't think any of us were like. Good heavens, he should be the protagonist of a book. Mm. He's the guy I want to know what happens next. For right, yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. Well, anyway, the, the lecture is gets into how um, the, the different ways sex has been uh, sort of presented by different religions, and I thought this is a bit strange that it was such a big reveal that in um, it's you know, some, obviously some religions that don't like sex or don't appear to like sex very much but other ones see it as really important other religions do like a lot of stuff a lot of religions outside the sort of judeo-christian islamic religions are probably one side but then a lot of others are really keen on it and they love it They think it's part of like you know being a pathway to god and all this sort of stuff sure but uh, this is this is the big sort of it sort of kind of blows sophie's mind that that's the case and i'm not quite sure
1: why Um, yeah I feel like you must have not traveled very much hmm. right like or you must have not I don't know have they not documentaries it just Hmm. it's because because you're absolutely right and you know and even within those those faith traditions all have different ways of addressing and talking about sex and the body right so it's kind of I mean once again what this is is Dan Brown going, hey man, hey traditional religions for squares. Look at these other things where sex is allowed. Hey, never mind nuance and the broad span of belief that exists within different belief systems. Sod all of that. This is the sexy one, right? (laughs) Like, and it's just a bit, yeah, yeah, all right, Dan. Yeah, fair enough, mate. Um, But as you say, it kind of falls apart with the fact that she's supposed to be an, you know, an astonishingly well-educated woman of the world. She's supposed to have been educated at the Sorbonne and Royal Holloway and all of these other places, Mm. and but. She's never encountered the possibility that not all religions in the world treat sex as this horrific thing. Also, and not for nothing, she is French. Like, I don't think I'm going a million miles beyond the pale here to say that I think a healthy respect for and embrace of sex in any number of circumstances, sanctioned by religion and otherwise, is kind of okay in France, right? Like, <laughs> this, is the, this is the country that gave us the idea, and indeed a film named after the idea, of the five to seven relationship where you tell your spouse that you're working late and you go and have sex for two hours and then go home. Like, you know what I'm saying?
0: So so do, do you think, sort of, she was living up to the French stereotype, when she when she came across this right, she should have just sort of spoke to Gramps the next day and said, look, you know, look pretty good, uh, I'd, <laughs> I'd, I'd rather not join the one you're in, be a bit, weird, <laughs> but are, there,
1: are there any sort of, like, sort of other groups around that maybe I can have a crack room? <laughs> yeah, that's amazing, uh, Grandpapa, I have, I have a question. <laughs> What is the nature of this sex society? Because <laughs> I'll be honest with you, I'm fairly keen. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, so that, that's the next part of it.
0: Uh, chapter seventy-five. Bishop Ringarosa is now going to London because he's really worried. He thinks everything's going wrong. Um, we all fall down, Matt. He, d- he doesn't we even know about what happened to Silas either. I don't think so. Um, <laughs> chapter seventy-six. Uh, another lecture. Uh, apparently, Newton, <coughs> Lew- Newton and Da Vinci were both well into this sex uh, right stuff as well. Um, t. Bing t- D- just- t- 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 describes T. Bing describes going get some food as victuals, which is even more ridiculous. And some oh, it's glorious, isn't it? As well. Yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah. 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 I. I. I love. I. I just love that. Cause him. Calls him victuals because. What there is in Dan Brown's head is there's two different ways of speaking the English language. There's American and everything that's not American. So he's kind of mashed together like the British upper class and pirates, which mm. I quite like there. Gonna go and get my victuals. Yarr. Yarr. <laughs> I be yeah. the royal historiographer. <laughs> Yarr. Yarr. Yeah. I mean,
0: they use victualling for um, for yachting as well, don't you? So I'm sure that he's he's come across that. Oh, the eight, so there you go, you see. Your um, your
1: knowledge outstrips mine, there. Really? <laughs> victualling yeah. Well, yeah. I've, I've got a clue what you call give getting food onto a yacht, <laughs> putting food on a boat is about as close as I would get to it. But then I am I am inexperienced. I grew up in the Midlands. <laughs> it's because um, I had a
0: friend who who went who sort of went sailing for the first time. And um, and she had to do this course, but she didn't pass it. So you either like I think you get you obviously a ship captain or whatever a. Um, a, a first mate license and if you don't get that you get competent crew which sounds like the biggest kind of compliment ever <laughs> yeah. but then
1: she was told to be in she's charge she's competent of the, to crew yeah
0: and uh she said she's she was told she was in charge of the victualing she's like all
1: oh, right what's that And it was basically just go and get all the food <laughs> go and get all the food look you can use your fancy naval language all you want but if you want me to work in the kitchen just say you want me to work in the kitchen all right that's what i'm after
0: yeah. Anyway, they do a bit of decoding on the plane, and they work out that um, SLVPBA, I think, is um, is the. I'm glad they were more certain than I was because they got it right. Um, to is is the code to open the cryptex. So they open the cryptex. It's chapter seventy-eight. It's another cryptex inside. <laughs> <laughs> yes. At this point, I was like, I've just put second cryptex.
2: <laughs> <laughs> That's, that is precisely what I
0: would have done if that had have happened,
1: and I'd have been in the room. Um, I feel like I'm being trolled here. Second cryptic. <laughs> no, let's be honest, Matt. You would have wrecked this plot fifty five chapters ago. By the first time you saw that it was a puzzle, you would have just thrown it on the ground. <laughs> I'm not a part of your system, your puzzles, man.
0: <laughs> there's, a, there's also a there's also a little line of script. That says, in London lies a knight, a pope interred. And this is a clue as to where... I mean, I'd have thought that's quite broad. and imagine popes interred knights quite a lot in, in a sort of throughout the entire Middle Ages. I but would have maybe thought... Maybe there's one yeah. specific.
1: Yeah. Um, I mean, again, there is a little bit of you, isn't there, where you're sort of used to living around so much history. Because you, you sort of get casual about it in England, don't you? Because it's history-free and everywhere. To hmm. be like... You know, oh, so there's a place where a knight was buried. Right, well, that narrows it down to, let us say, several million over the course of about a thousand years. Yeah. Uh, Interred by a pope. Right. Again, fairly broad. It's not like we've only got one of these, Dan. We've got a few. Hmm. You'd imagine
0: any knight that's been excommunicated would come into that category.
1: A a, yeah, you see, quite a he's lot. drawing you into his word games, though, isn't he, Matt? You see, he's get mm. you're, you're on the hook now. Um, I am. Um, <laughs> I <the, in> <laughs> You meantime, sound it, Matt.
0: Can I say that? You sound <laughs> it. In the meantime, while uh, while they're trying to work this out, the police are on the way to the airport to intercept. Let's see if the British police have any more luck than the French did with this endeavour. But we will have to wait. Are you noticing a surprising?
1: Time, oh really are we done
0: that's the that's that's as far as we're going today yeah i I know yeah (laughs) that
1: was that was masterful matt can i tell you i think i think i counted more than 10 chapters there that you managed to sum up in a fraction of a sentence and that (laughs) is how you keep a podcast moving glorious absolutely glorious
0: well, uh, the, the the pace at which the podcast has gone is, in some small way, my tribute to the pace of the book because it does move along at fast pace, and uh, <laughs> we certainly did that too as well. Um, Meta. Love if it. if if you've got um if you've got any comments to make on the Da Vinci Code, um on any of the theories, your own review, or if you just want to chastise us for taking a shockingly disrespectful look at this book then do get in touch, Podcast at gmail.com. That's Podcast at gmail.com. And we're on Twitter at sharkliveroyal. And uh, next time, Dave, we will be reading from, what chapter is it? Chapter 194, isn't it? Chapter 79 <laughs> to the end of the book.
1: Which is chapter 110, <laughs> 105, the last The last chapter is actually... Oh,
0: <laughs> epilogue. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Shit!
1: He ran out of numbers.
0: Yeah, yeah. There are no. It, it goes past all numbers. Oh, 105 We break a hundred. We get a century. Century of chapters. So until then, Dave, uh, enjoy until the rest then, of the book. Um, I reckon I will, or, or, or at least finish it, and uh, we will <laughs> we will speak about it next time.
2: <laughs>
0: yes, we
1: will.